Bitcoiners, what is up? Welcome to the next episode of FedWatch. How you doing, Ansel? Oh, you caught me unaware. I had it on you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you, Christian? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, I like to keep you on your toes, I guess. We got a good show set up for you guys. Uh, we have a long list of things to talk about. We're talking about Bitcoin price, hash rate, things that are happening in the macro, tweets from Chamath and Ansel's based takes. We'll be plugging a few future shows as well. We have some great interviews lined up for FedWatch. Big ones, big ones coming up. Big interview. Yeah. How you doing these days? Uh, what's kind of happening in uh, in macro land in your in your head? <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it seems real quiet. You know, I've been tweeting out really short, kind of cryptic tweets lately, and uh, a lot of people have been saying, "Man, you got to say more than what." Because like the other day, I just said. Um, it's the quiet before the storm. And that's what I just feel out there in the, in, yeah. in macro in general, um, you know, stocks are chugging along, oils chugging along, uh, all the bonds are kind of breaking up a little bit, uh, the rates at least. And so it just feels like there's about something about to happen. And so I think the next couple of months are going to be pretty exciting across macro in general. Yeah, I think that that that's pretty fair. I I feel that. And hey, to all the listeners, all the followers of Ansel on Twitter, um, if you want to get some more insight, you need to listen to Bitcoin and Markets. You need to listen to FedWatch every single week and go into Ansel's Bitcoin and Markets Discord. I'm in there all the time, kind of a, as a silent observer these days. But a lot of high quality signal in there, and Ansel's super active. I know you've kind of been taking your activity a little off of Twitter. You're again, I feel like Ansel is really early to a lot of these things, but he's been building a community off of Twitter for years. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess, do you want to like reflect a little bit about like the deplatforming that we've seen and your community? What was your insight that you needed to start building that and how can other people start kind of doing something similar? Yeah. I mean, I, I was there back on Reddit. I, I, I wasn't really active on Bitcoin talk. I wasn't that early but I was pretty early to Bitcoin Reddit. And then it made the shift over to Bitcoin Twitter. And I remember that shift. And about a year ago, I was like, man, it feels like there's just not enough signal on Twitter. And a lot of people say that there is a ton of signal on Twitter, but I I think that the kind of the other communities that we're building around content producers and building around different things like Saifedean's community and other things like that, we're really starting to build up a lot of signal away from Twitter. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start this discord community. And it also fits with my idea of localism. You know, you want to build solid relationships, not just followings. You want to build relationships and communities. And so that's what I try to foster on my discord and in a lot of the content I produce. Um, So yeah, that's my thinking on that. Awesome. Are you uh, messing around on Mastodon in the Fediverse at all? No, I mean, I set up an account a long time ago. I think on that, when they first started that Mastodon, was that like even two years ago now um, when Novak started? Because isn't he the one that's running the Bitcoin hackers? Yeah, but he, too many Bitcoiners came on and it started getting too crazy. So he kind of blocked his off so no new people can join. But oh, really? since a lot of other people have started hosting servers, Bitcoin Magazine is going to start hosting a server and the reality of Mastodon is it's federated. So you can, your following can, it's, you know, it's almost like an open standard. Your following can follow you no matter who's hosting you or which server you're on. And you can look at people um, across servers. It's like this federated universe, the Fediverse is what they call it. Okay. So is that like really 
transparent because I, I that was one of the things I didn't like super about it transparent. Okay, because yeah. I, I thought like you were kind of in your bubble. Your handle only went for your server. So there's you can do local or you can do uh, like what's close to you, and then you can follow people across. Okay, and you can have multiple instances. You can import your following to a different place. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can take it, and yeah, I think it's really cool. And you know things like TechCrunch, th- things like Bitcoin Magazine. Like we just, our tweets are auto posted to Mastodon. It's just, it's seamless. We're still tweeting. It's just now that news is also living in the Fediverse. Um, and the, there's an, there's an app called MOA.party um, that lets you sync it up. Uh, I personally like the Twitter to Mastodon sync, not the other way around. What's what happens in Mastodon stays in Mastodon. Um, <laughs> but we need to bring some more of that Twitter content over to Mastodon to make it a rich environment. Yeah, I can, um, I can see that growing over the years. I don't know, like my feelings on social media in general. I think we've kind of gone really far in one direction and it's going to swing back the other way where people, uh, you know, social media is not quite as popular. I don't know where it will go. Uh, I heard somebody talking recently. You might have some ideas about this, but um, I heard some people talking recently about just video games, you know, like one of the places that you can go and still kind of have free speech is in an online atmosphere in video games. And yep. that might even grow into something uh, alongside a social media of some sort that plugs in like that. I don't know. Uh, video games are, they're kind of like video games in the video game chat rooms. I have a little brother who is, mm-hmm. you know, very much into that cause he's a teenager. And um, yeah, it, it's, I think it's the closest thing to like this all encompassing digital world that is talked about in the sovereign individual. Like that's the closest version of it that we have today. And we're seeing like VR kind of start to push into that a little bit, but really doesn't have network effects yet. Whereas like, you know, every teenage boy has a PlayStation, you know, there's massive network effects there. And even beyond that, you know, now stuff like, uh, like Fort watch is is completely across platform. So, you know, everyone has access to this like digital world. Um, before we continue talking, I don't want to turn the ad into a mid-roll. So uh, we have a sponsor. It's Blockstack. Stacks 2.0. No, they're no longer Blockstacks. They, it's now the Stacks 2.0 blockchain. And they're really orienting around Bitcoin, right? So the whole idea is it's a blockchain. They have a proof of transfer, POX, uh, and you peg in Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is the money on the blockchain. Uh, they also have a you know governance and staking token to support that blockchain STX, um, but you don't need that token to use the blockchain. And that blockchain it, it takes on a lot of the features that um, you know you can't build directly into the Bitcoin blockchain. Things that other altcoin chains are trying to do, um, and it brings it to a Bitcoin denominated world. So I think that the world is going to start denominating in Bitcoin, and the closer and more trustless you can get to using Bitcoin, the, the more people are going to want to use those applications. So it's exciting to see what um, what Blockstacks is doing here and them committing to Bitcoin. We're starting to really see the narrative of Bitcoin, not blockchain. Like their, their marketing, their branding is all about, we are part of Bitcoin. Uh, we're leveraging the most important and the, the most prevalent blockchain and Bitcoin is money on our blockchain. So I like that, that, uh, that turn of directions. Go check out Stacks2. Dot com. So that's S-T-A-C-K-S-2, the number two, 
com and uh, learn more if you're especially if you're a developer uh, but if you want to just poke around and see their uh, blockchain based decentralized apps and DeFi stuff uh, again they're doing that all uh, on the stacks to blockchain back into the conversation yeah um, so I mean a lot of stuff going on here um, how, wh- where should we start do we want to talk about Bitcoin do we want to talk about macro what, what do you think is the the right uh, starting point um well, just going down your list here, you have price and hash rate. We can kind of skip price for right now and go to hash rate if you want to. In general, um, as you know, hash rate kind of stays flat right now, um, a lot of folks are saying that this is because there's just not enough equipment, right? Like there's a lot, a lot of people are trying to plug in machines, um, but there's, there's a constraint on new machines um, and there's a lot of pre-orders out that aren't going to even be fulfilled until later this year. So um, big, like this is a profitable time to be mining to say the least. If you get your hands on stuff. Yeah. Or if you, you were in place, right? So everyone that was established and kind of like even eight uh, negative returns uh, throughout the bear market, like this is when they've they've been rewarded, and even the miners that speculated and held that twelve point five BTC block reward, they're definitely being handsomely rewarded at this point. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about uh, the way the macro situation with the supply chains breaking down. You know, you, we kind of had heard, have heard or been told that the supply chains are now kind of back up and running, especially outside of China, where a lot of these mining rigs are being built, uh, but maybe not. Maybe that's still really slow. And the last things to come back on is going to be these kind of niche products like Bitcoin miners. So that, yeah, that's interesting. What do you think of this idea? So I had a friend that contacted me recently, obviously with the big uh, Bitcoin rally, and he was early into Bitcoin. Like he mined on a laptop and stuff uh, way early on. And he said that he's, there's no way that he could mine Bitcoin today, obviously on his laptop, but he does mine some altcoins and stuff. And I said, well, Hey, that's Bitcoin mining too, because you just mine that coin and then you dump it for Bitcoin. So you can mine, these people can actually mine Bitcoin with their, you know, uh, what is it? Their graphics cards and stuff, because Mm -hmm. they, they're, they're mining say Ethereum and then they dump Ethereum to buy Bitcoin with it. So it's, it's kind of a backhanded way to mine Bitcoin by mining altcoins. What do you think of that idea? I mean, it, it absolutely is a thing and it supports Bitcoin's price, right? And it supports Bitcoin's dominance and place in the ecosystem. Um, so absolutely. Um, I think Bitcoin security is so, so multifaceted. Like even the deepest experts can't analyze every aspect of it. I love this Bitcoin Tina quote, Bitcoin is like water. Um, you can't stop it and it gets everywhere. And that's absolutely true for Bitcoin mining too. You you can't stop it and it gets everywhere. Yeah, but those type of ideas also show how Bitcoin is boosting up other coins. So it's keeping the security high on these other coins because people are mining it to get it to, to sell to Bitcoin. So the, the price of the other coins might be low, but the uh you know their security is gonna maintain a higher uh, hash rate because of Bitcoin. But yeah, I just think it's interesting how Bitcoin kind of underlies everything in the space. Anywhere you look, it's all comes back to Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if you listened to the most recent POV crypto, it, it just recently came out, but uh, at the end, David and I kind of got in a back and forth and I was like, 
no matter how you slice it, Bitcoin is at the center of this ecosystem. Everything is built on top of Bitcoin, you know, and he, you know, obviously has cognitive dissonance because he's uh, an <laughs> Ethereum believer. And he was like, no, if you deleted Bitcoin, Ethereum would be fine. Right. That's like a take. I'm like, well, that's just not the reality. <laughs> you know, that's just not what happened is, is happening. So, um, but yeah, I agree. And that the mining, your mining take is, is a very interesting point to add on to that argument that, Bitcoin truly is at the heart of it economically and security wise. Um, yep. I have one more thing about the hash rate. Um, I think it's interesting that, you know, we had the end of wet season or what do they call it? No, the end of dry season in October. And so we saw a bunch of hash rate come down and then we saw it slowly get added back. And the hash rate really hasn't responded to price as much as I thought it would have price has gone Let's see. Price has gone like a thousand. It's ten, uh, what is it? Ten x since the bottom, and hash rate's only done a two x since the bottom. So the hash rate still has a long way to go to catch up to the price. Um, so that would be interesting if we start seeing some pullbacks in hash rate. What does that mean? Like, what are they seeing in their side of the market that's making them a little bit more bearish or or whatever? Um, but there's so much to kind of tear apart and analyze on a mining perspective. That is one of the biggest kind of black boxes for me, at least in the space. Cause I don't really understand all the stuff that goes into mining. So maybe we should have like Barber on SG Barber. Yeah. yeah. Have you I had, mean, we, we, there's, yeah, a, so. there's a lot of, there's a lot of good folks out there. We do the regular uh, mining panel on Bitcoin magazine, happy hour. Um, we do that, you know, every five weeks or so. So uh, well connected with folks who can who can jump on FedWatch for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely fewer folks that are into mining that are very, very much in tune with the macro space. Um, mm. So we can we can, we'll we'll find a good guess for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, I I definitely think the supply chain constraint here with building new, you know, the price goes up faster than they can make new miners, right? So. Um, just uh, again, like Bitcoin doesn't waste miners. Like now everyone that was hoarding S nines, like those S nines are in profit big time, big time. Um, so it's just super interesting to watch. It really is. Especially with the fees. Where are we going next? Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, I mean, let's talk macro a little bit and then talk about this Chamath tweet. Um, what's, what's kind of your, I I know we brushed a little bit out it at the beginning, but what's the, what's the more in depth, uh, take and update on macro? Um, I think that the initial bounce off of the kind of pandemic low uh, there in March and April, I think that has, uh, petered out kind of turned around towards the end of the year and markets are still trying to price this in. They're trying to price in different stimulus packages from different countries like um, Europe extended theirs in December. And then the U S came out a couple weeks later with another stimulus. And now it seems like there's going to be a, 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 even a further stimulus here in the next month or two. And um, so I think markets are trying to price that in, but overall, I think the, huge bounce off the bottom has played out and eventually we're going to roll over here. Probably by the end of the quarter, uh, all, all parts of macro are going to roll over dollars going to strengthen and uh, we'll see how Bitcoin plays into that because Bitcoin really isn't correlated um, to anything other than the dollar. Like if you look long-term, if you do like a year by year correlation, uh, Bitcoin is very correlated with the dollar, but 
Um, other than that, it's, it's not really correlated to much. So 2014, 15, the dollar was strengthening. Uh, then in 16, 17, the dollar is weakening and Bitcoin's going up. Uh, then the dollar uh, strengthened again between uh, 17, 18, and 19 and stuff. And now recently the dollar's been weakening again and Bitcoin has been going up. So it's, it's a it, broad on a broad scale. Like if you look at a monthly chart, <laughs> then uh, Bitcoin is indirectly correlated with the dollar. But on a short-term time frame, like I look at daily prices or even weekly prices, and then the correlation is not apparent. So we can still go down on Bitcoin before we go back up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess what's your price analysis on Bitcoin now? Um, you know, it's uh, January 19th. We're kind of fighting with 37. Um, we're seeing shit coins rally. Like mm -hmm. what's, uh, you, you've, you know, you've been a voice of, uh, moderation and kind of like, yeah. And, and skepticism on, you know, Bitcoin price, obviously Bitcoin's known to ha need to earn its price, but it also is known to, uh, slice through, <laughs> slice through, through air pretty effectively as well. Um, what's your take right now? Yeah. Well, it's not going to be easy to hold Bitcoin. I think, you know, people that bought at 40,000 or 42,000, it's still pretty easy to hold because they look around them and they see all these bulls on Twitter. Right. So I think these people need to question their, their buys at 42,000 before we can go back up. So pe people need to feel a little bit more pain, but even though it dropped 30%, I don't think there's been enough pain in this pullback yet. So I'm still on the bearish side short term thinking that it's going to, it could retest the 2017 highs down to 20,000 before it recovers. But wow. we'll see. It, it might not get down that low, but uh, I think there's a, a much higher chance than people are giving it. By the dip. <laughs> yeah. I'll be catching knives way before we hit 20K. <laughs> I have some bids at about 23, so I think it will get down there. Okay, well, uh, you heard it here first, guys. 23K, 2017 uh, highs, potentially. Uh, we'll see. I feel like there's just still a lot of FOMO, and I think all of a sudden in people's head, 30K is cheap. But who knows? You know, it, it tested that, and, uh, you, sh you know, it, it could always test again. I'm no, I'm no pro here. Yeah, look how fast it went up. Uh, I mean, when was it? What was it? The yearly open this year was... Um back down at 29,000 was the yearly open. And it's only been 19 days since then. So we can go down a lot more and it can recover before you know it, you turn around and two weeks later, it'll be recovered. So I'm not saying it's going to go down there and stay down there, but there needs to be some uh, massive pain for people before, before we yeah. come back around. Yeah. Well, I, I could definitely tell from Twitter sentiment, like um, I'm seeing a lot of people commenting on Bitcoin magazine posts and stuff like that. Um, some of them with remorse for buying, you know, 40K Bitcoin or 36K Bitcoin or something like that. And oh, I should buy back lower. Um, so not, you know, I, I keep saying this new people entering the space, like they, you, it's not practical to, to expect them to be 
Bitcoin oriented. They are still dollar oriented. Uh, they are still stock speculation oriented. A lot of them are going from I'm saving in dollars to this is not working to I'm speculating in the stock market. Now I'm speculating in crypto. Like that's their mental path. So they're really freaking far away from stack sats and sats are my freedom or sats are my safe haven as Matt, Matt Odell likes to say. Yeah. And one of the things people don't, I don't think quite understand is that price is just the marginal price. The thing, the last Satoshi was sold at that price. So, it, you know, if you have one Satoshi being sold down at 20,000, the price still wicks down to 20,000. So it doesn't mean that the, it has to remain down there or that, you know, that is the uh, fair value of Bitcoin, but it just means that there was a Bitcoin traded at that price. So um, yeah, even if, even if coins are going into long-term holding, that doesn't really matter for short-term price movements. You can still wick down. It's just who panic sells the bottom, where the panic seller is going to be. That's where the, the bottom is going to be at. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that, that makes sense from an analysis perspective. Let's, let's get some more Ansel analysis. Uh, Chumoth put out a tweet criticizing Gavin Newsom saying like, you know, your plan sucks. Um, and you know, you responded to that with what I consider to be a relatively base take. I think that there's some Bitcoiners here who, you know, may not have, you know, been acquainted with your mental model of the world. So this could be an opportunity to, uh, to explain the take as well as, you know, first principles, you know, how you kind of view this stuff. Uh, let's see. What did I say? Uh, okay. I said that governments usually fail because he said that this was the biggest failure in our lifetimes for government, the way that the vaccine has been rolled out. And I was like, um, governments always fail. And that it's just that we are, kind of looking to government more these days. People are more, um, I said in this, uh, the slavish reverence for government is much higher today. And so when, yeah, government fails as it usually does, it seems like the biggest failure in our lifetimes, but it's just business as usual for government. They, they, uh, there is no profit motive for government. They have no reason to make good decisions. So um, yeah, this is a typical, I, I, I hope people start to wake up around this time and they, they start seeing exactly um, what Bitcoiners and libertarians uh, and even like crypto anarchists here in Bitcoin, what we've been saying for a long time uh, about government, about its inability to, uh, to centrally plan things and how every, all that always fails. So um, yeah, that was my basic take. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And I, I think a, a really fair statement I, that a you know someone who doesn't necessarily believe in the government's ability is to say that governments suck at distributing things and redistributing things. So whether that is distributing physical vaccine, whether that's distrib- distributing physical aid, whether that is distributing funds and reallocating taxes, like the government sucks at that stuff. So if you're looking at the government to tax and redistribute, um, take resources and redistribute, uh, you can pretty much always look to a disappointing end result. Yeah. It comes down to the, the inability for governments to have economic calculation because they don't have profit, right? The, the reason why the free market works and capitalism works and stuff is because that profit will drive people to do more of that thing and less of other things. 
because our time is scarce. So we can only spend our time doing so, uh, so much stuff and we'll do the things that are more profitable and government doesn't have a profit motive. So they have no idea what is the best thing to do at any given time. That's why they misallocate everything. Everything they do is misallocated and we shouldn't be surprised that they fail over and over again, especially the federal reserve. I mean, this being fed watch, uh, the Federal Reserve is always late to the party. They never see a uh, crisis coming, and it just repeats over and over and over again. There, we have this like ivory tower complex uh, with the Fed and government in general a lot. Uh, you know, white coat syndrome, thinking that they are uh, smarter, better people or something, but they're not. They're just mainly they're central planners that think they know better than the free market, which they don't, and they get told over and over again by the free market. Yeah, I think that's a good place to uh, to pivot to our last point, which is to really encourage you guys to subscribe to FedWatch, Bitcoin and Macro on your Bitcoin on your podcast feed. Uh, this is actually going to be the last show that is published on the Bitcoin Magazine feed. So if you are on the Bitcoin Magazine feed, from now on, you're only going to be getting Bitcoin Magazine podcast. You're not going to be getting FedWatch. You're not going to be getting the Van Wertham Shores NATO. You're not going to be getting Bitcoin in Asia. So make sure to subscribe to FedWatch in particular. Um, obviously, we're bringing the fire analysis every single week, the Bitcoin and macro perspective. But on top of that, we're bringing on some fantastic guests um, Nick Batia, Max Kaiser, uh, the two next on our lineup. Um, Ansel, do you, do you want to talk about these interviews in particular? I know that you are super excited for this Nick Batia one. Oh yeah. Um, I think this layered money book that he wrote recently has the possibility of being as pivotal as the Bitcoin standard. I think it's really, really good. And I can't wait to talk with him about it. And Max Kaiser, oh man, he is the original Bitcoin OG content producer. He's been uh, through the trenches and uh, he always is such a character and right on about so many things in Bitcoin. So I can't wait to discuss maybe more of a macro stuff with him than just Bitcoin uh, drawing in the macro. And with Nick, I can't wait to talk about the dollar. That's what I really want to hone in on with him. Yeah. And I I actually recently interviewed Nick about layered money. So um, now that the book is actually out, it'll be awesome to have him back on FedWatch and to, you know, put you two experts on, uh, you know, in in the conversation. I'm just going to be asking the silly questions. But on the flip side, I'm super excited for Mac uh, for Max because of the the narratives, the high level perspective. Um, Him and Stacy are master memers master narrative crafters and identifiers. And uh, they don't always agree with uh, my perspective and Ansel's perspective. So um, there's a lot of things, especially regarding China, you know, big picture narratives that we're going to discuss with Max. And I'm super excited for that podcast as well. So again, exclusively on the FedWatch podcast feed. So FedWatch, Bitcoin and Macro. Um, And yeah, Bitcoiners, thanks so much for tuning in every week. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate uh, you guys hanging out through the, the tough times in 2020 with us and, uh, you know, in a bright orange future ahead over, over here on, on Bitcoin Magazine and, and with Bitcoin. Uh, you guys can find me at CK underscore snarks. Uh, Ansel, where can people find you? 
at Ansel Lindner and BitcoinDictionary.cc. Also, BitcoinAndMarkets.com, and you can find links to the Discord server, which we talked about earlier, and all that. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Peace. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.